to the Insomniac Show with Nicolette and Brian. We'll get real deep with you. Educating, inspiring, and solving problems with some of the most inspirational humans on the planet. Buckle up and come on the journey. I'm excited. All right, guys. I'm Nicolette, and today Brian and I are here with Jason Davis. He is the co-founder and CEO of Simon Data, and he is here to talk to us about, you guessed it, data, right? But uh, we're going to talk a lot about digital transformation, about marketing. We're going to cover a lot of data stuff that Brian's going to be in his glory. So thank you so much. I love data. (laughs) Yeah. So thank you, Jason, for joining us today. We really appreciate the time. Uh, Thank you, Nicolette and Brian. It's a pleasure to be here. So why don't you kick us off and tell us a little bit about yourself and your journey to data science? Yeah, I mean, look, you know, from my perspective, it's 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 really about um, yeah. You know, when I, when I look back on my career, it's really about yeah, you know, looking at where the move is, where the world is heading. I always love mathematics, um, you know, and, and, and you, know, you know, computer science for me as an undergraduate was you know you know, you know really you know, an area of passion for me on on where mathematics can be applied. Um, you know, and as I as I finished my undergraduate degree, I really just saw. Uh, amazing opportunities in machine learning and data. Um, you know, I pursued a PhD in machine learning, data science, um, wasn't called data science at the time, um, you know, and, and really just, uh, you know, spent about four or five years working on uh, you know, you know, you know, implementations of machine learning, you know, algorithms, uh, and also lots of the mathematics behind it. Um, you know, yet at the same time, uh, about four years into my degree, I realized the value in data actually isn't in the algorithms uh, or in the machine learning. It's really in how you use it. Um, you know, this is at a time when uh, you know, Amazon Web Services was a few years old. Um, you know, they were starting to get into uh, large-scale data processing. Uh, and, and suddenly I saw an opportunity in front of me where, um, you know, as, as, as a poor grad student, um, you know, with a few hundred, uh, you know, bucks to play with, uh, you know, for my, um, you know, sort of, uh, you know, side project expense fund. I was able to go on, on on Amazon and spin up you know 10, 20, 30 machines uh, mm-hmm. you know, to do some large scale uh, or, or, or air quotes large scale uh, you know, data processing something which you know really, was really just inaccessible uh, you know prior to that and it really just opened my eyes um, you know to you know to the technical side of things and, and, and the potential um, you know at the same time I looked at sort of some of the larger um, yeah, you know opportunities for machine learning. Uh, in an academic you know, you know, setting, there was you know, lots of toy problems that uh, you know, that we were trying to solve. Lots of you know, you know, data sets that were very familiar within the academic uh, community, and we all sort of worked towards them and tried to you know, build better algorithms to solve them. You know, but at the end of the day, the world of problems that you know, we solve by data is just so vast, uh, and that's really what drew me out of academia. Um, you know, into uh, you know, in, in, into problems. Um, you know, you know, data problems you know, solved, and you know, startups has really been my path now for the last. Uh, you know, 15 years or so. Did you feel like Overstein, because I felt like this, Overstein, like, you know, we were all collecting all this data and Overstein, like, I don't know, maybe like five years ago, people were like, we need data scientists. Like, it just became like this huge thing, like where those data scientists became jobs because there weren't, like you said, it's how you're interpreting the data and how you're using it that that becomes important. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I think you know, data, data scientists in some sense today is the casual job description for, right. uh, you know, for, for anyone who's, uh, you know, not doing data plumbing on the one end uh, and on the other side, you know, isn't, uh, you know, you know is, is, isn't just, uh, you know, an analyst. It's, it's, there's a tremendous amount of white space in between. And, um, and yeah, look, I think the big challenge with, with data science is, is twofold. One is, 
uh, you know, data is vast, it's complicated, uh, and someone needs to really start, um, you know, from a data perspective, uh, someone who's anchored with what the data means, where it comes from, you know, what the complexities are. Uh, yet at the same time, uh, yeah, data science is also about actually solving, you know, real world problems and applications. Right. Um, you know, and uh, I think a challenge that many businesses face today, um, you know, is that they, you know, you know their, their end business functions know what the problems are. Um, you know, yet, you know, and then, you know, the IT function knows what the opportunities are. Uh, and how do you get data science to bridge that? Um, you know, from an organizational perspective, you know, it's still challenged because they have to either fit in IT or fit, um, you know, in the end business function. Uh, you know, and depending on where you sit, um, you either miss out on business opportunity, you miss out on the data. Um, you know, so I think there, uh, yeah, the, the, the job description has evolved tremendously over the last 10 years. Uh, and I really expect that as data matures, uh, and as technology, technology matures, and as, uh, you know, the enterprise, you know, starts to really better understand data and the opportunity, uh, the, you know, the role of the data science will actually evolve, you know, away from IT, away from, you know, centralized data functions and, and, and be much closer to the end business applications. So now, how does the data then play a role in, you know, this buzzword digital transformation that everybody throws around, you know, is data kind of fueling some of that? It should our companies not using data the way they should be to kind of dive into digital transformation. What's the story there? Look, I mean, digital transformation, anything which is digital can be measured and anything which can be measured can be stored. Um, yeah. You know, if I walk into a jewelry store and I you know, browse around, you know, you know short of, uh, you know, putting security footage in and uh, and doing uh, things that I I, I I wouldn't expect as a customer. Um, you know, it's tremendously hard to really uh, you know, monitor uh, what I'm doing and really think about you know the customer base of that uh, you know, that presence in aggregate. Um, you know, when you think about a digitized experience, if I'm instead browsing for jewelry on Etsy as an example, you know, suddenly the co the customer expectations change tremendously. So, look, you know, any experience which is digitized, um, you know, must be measured. You know, and and you know, I think cost, you know, consumers, you know, with digital experiences, you know, bring a completely different set of expectations. Um, and brands that aren't able to capitalize on those expectations are are losing out. And you know, in the mechanism to capitalize on them is to really understand what they're doing, to measure what they're doing. Um, you know, and then uh, you know, the final leg is to actually use the data to, uh, you know, to engage the customer, uh, you know, to build uh, experiences that, uh, you know, really enable the customer to realize the brand, the value the brand has to offer. You know, and data originates in all that. I have a question. I was going to wait a little while to ask this, but, you know, you, you just talked about like everything, everything that's digitized needs to be measured right now. How do you feel about testing? You know, I mean, we're big testers here. We really love testing things for, for our business. But, you know, what happens when the data doesn't support or it doesn't look like it's going to support what you want to test? You know, what happens then? Yeah, I mean, look, I, I think there's there are big misconceptions in, in, in data relative to this. Uh, you know, data doesn't give you the answer. And, and I'll, I'll, maybe I'll just step back for a second. Um, you, know, you know, so much of the, the hype around deep learning and machine learning you know, comes from a, a, a set of problems um, that are really contained. When I think about where machine learning applies, there's sort of two camps. On the one camp, there are applications where the where, where the machine can see everything. Okay. On the other camp, yeah, there 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 are applications where the machine can only see a glimpse of, of the world. Self-driving car, cameras, lidar, uh, you know, sensors, everything you can imagine. You know, that machine can see around the car better than any human being can, uh, and as a result, you know, technology can drive it very well. Yeah, you know, they're still figuring it out, but you know, in ten years, I'd be shocked if the car can't be driven, you know, ten times better than any human can. Uh, 
Um, you know, you think about measuring a business, you know, or measuring, you know, you know how, uh, you know, customers are, are interacting with the brand, um, you know, buying product, uh, you know, using, you know, you know, if you're a bookstore, uh, you know, you might buy the product, product digitally, you come home, you read the book to your kids, um, you know, maybe a, a page was, was torn in, in shipping or whatnot. Uh, you know, you're never measuring, you know, 99% of, of that, of those experiences. Um, you know, and to that point, that doesn't mean that data isn't, you know, valuable. Um, you know, but what it means though, is you need to start with intuition about the customer. You need to start with, um, you know, a strong thesis around, um, you know, where are you driving value? Uh, you know, where is your product great? Um, you know, where do you need to improve? Um, and then data needs to support that. Um, you know, and, you know, if you are able to, you know, you know to form clear hypotheses, uh, you know, then the process of testing is very straightforward. Um, you, you either, um, you know, can, can, can validate and verify, you know, the hypothesis, in which case you can roll forward, uh, or you can negate the, the, the hypothesis, in which case you probably want to be asking other questions about, you know, what's actually driving uh, your value to your customers, et cetera. So, so what's the balance, right, between how much you're putting in as a human being, right, that, that intuition and how much you're getting out of, say, machine learning or the AI that's helping you, you know, look through the data? Yeah, I mean, look, you know, the first thing I'll say is, is you know, there's so much of data and, 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 and hypothesis-driven testing that has nothing to do with machine learning or AI. Um, you know, I, I want to understand, um, you, know, you, know, you, know, you know, if you're an e-commerce brand, uh, you know, how many of my customers uh, are, are browsing with the intent to buy today versus, you know, how many are just browsing with no intent to buy? Um, you know, so, you know, you know, a simple test you could run uh, is you could, you know, you could remove the add to cart button. You know, not that you'd ever do this, uh, you know, but with that, you could you very quickly understand how right. behaviors change as a result. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, no AI, you, know, you just need to you know, make sure that you have, you, know, you have a hypothesis, you're a little bit um, you know, thoughtful on how to execute, and then you measure. Um, yeah, so, yeah, so that's the first half. Do you think users, I'm going to ask you a question. Do you think users manipulate the system? So, for instance, like I know that if I leave something in my cart, Amazon will drop the price at certain points. And Etsy will sometimes send you like, hey, finish checking out and they'll send you like discounts and things like that. So sometimes I'll actually leave stuff in my cart to get the notification for price drops so I can get it like whatever cheaper, you know, because I you know that's how they're 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 functioning. Right. You know, I mean, look, like you know, we, we like to use an analogy of sort of the jewelry store owner. Um, right. You know, yeah, yeah, you know, I go in, you know, I'm, I'm looking to you know, buy my wife uh, a present for Mother's Day. Um, uh-huh. You know, I come back you know, later in the year, I'm looking for something for her birthday. Uh, and by the time I come back for Christmas, the jewelry store owner you know, knows my preference, knows my price right. point, um, you know, and sort of really understands you know, who I am. Um, you know, you know, you know, you know, if, you know, you know, I won't make any jokes about my mother, um, you know, but there are other <laughs> can't feel free. <laughs> and we'll know how to ask for a discount. You, know, you take any sort of relationship, um, you know, and there's always an element of gamification, um, you know, and, and that's look like, you know, it's, it's not a bad thing. You know, yes, right. there's a business cost related to it. Uh, you know, some brands may want to be more aggressive in um, you know, deterring that kind of behavior. Um, you know, and other brands for that matter, you know, if, if, if they see themselves as value-oriented brands, maybe they want to encourage that kind of behavior, uh, right. especially within the right types of customers. So, um, you know, it, it, you know, from my perspective, it's not about you know necessarily making judgment on that, but you know, instead you're saying, hey, this is this is natural and this is not bad. Um, right. But obviously, from a data perspective, you should understand it to the extent that you think you need to understand it, uh, and then have the capabilities to respond to it, uh, you know, and and to improve uh, if if it's something that needs to be improved. Hmm. 
Brian, how did you get here? <laughs> how did you derail <laughs> How did I derail us this much? I'm trying to remember my original thought now. I don't think the stuff in my Amazon cart right now. She's like, I'm, I'm telling you, I do that all the time. And I get notices like price drop. I'm like, there you go. I'm going to buy it right now. Like this second, like I'm just waiting, you know, it's funny. And there, there are certain things I've noticed, like literally, like I feel like I'm negotiating with the, with the AI, right. I'm negotiating with the algorithm they created, which is funny because I'm like, okay, I'm just going to wait. Cause I know within 24 hours it will send me like a drop. You I know? Mean, look like you know, you know, segmentation, understanding um, you know, your, your customer is, is foundational to all of this, you know, and, right. and you know, are you negotiating with the AI or does the AI understand you? And that's just how it is. It does. It does. Cause <laughs> it knows, like, it knows I'm likely to buy it if they, if it drops the price. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, um, you know, I, uh, you know, I'm a Cornell grad and I'm involved in, you know, mm-hmm. Cornell tech, you know, in, in the city. Uh, you know, I give one lecture every year um, around data-driven product development. Um, you know, and the example I give is 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 if, if you think back to, to Waze, um, you know, you know, they've got those guys must have been crazy. They're going up against Google Maps. You know, what are you doing? You have you know, you have Google with their cars, with the cameras on top, and you know, they're 500 engineers building these beautiful maps. Like, what opportunities there? You know, but they they had a vision uh, and they had a, a sense of the early adopters. And and what Waze did great was sort of the the, the community. Uh, oriented, uh, you know, data collection. And a big part of that was like, let's not get a speeding ticket. You know, so, you know, in the early days, how might they have really identified some of the early adopters? Well, you know, let's look at everyone who's ever gone more than 25 miles an hour above the speed limit while using wings, and let's put them in a bucket, okay? And now let's go and understand, uh, you know, their adoption of the platform, their engagement. Uh, are they using the functionality that really drives value around uh, you know, around reporting, you know, police and, and trying to right. not get tickets, um, you know, and that's just, you know, you know, for them, you know, you know, effective execution against that is just critical, I'd imagine. Mm-hmm. No, let me tell you something. That's the first, that's my favorite feature on Waste, like going cop, cop, the yeah. cop's still there. Cop, yeah, if you're going down the LIE, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> Don't get a ticket, everyone. Stop. <laughs> well, you know, and that actually, you know, when I asked about the testing and, you know, Really, what I was thinking about was, you know, thinkers versus feelers, right? I mean, to me, that's how I see the data. Like, the data is the thinker. And then just going with your intuition is, like, the feeler. Like, I feel like this is something we should try based on what I feel is our our customer. So, you know, when you talk, yeah, like, when you talk about the Waze example, like, maybe the, the, the common sense thinker would say, yeah, this doesn't make any sense. Look what you're going up against, right? But, like, that that intuition, is that kind yeah. of... I, I think that, I mean, it's a great frame. It's foundational to, you know, what we're doing in Simon Data. Um, you know, you know, really our, our strong belief is that, um, you know, look, getting back to my example of self-driving cars versus uh, really understanding a business and understanding your customers. Uh, you, know, you know, the focus of Simon Data is, is a thousand percent in the latter. Um, you know, we believe that, you know, data needs to complement the process. We believe that, you know, intuition and creativity um, you know, really drive business outcomes and marketing outcomes first. Um, you know, it's not about turning marketing into data science. Uh, it's about complementing, you know, data science with marketing. This is, you know, part of the roots of the name is, you know, how do we make data more approachable? How do we really, you know, you know, you know supercharge your marketer you know, who has big data aspirations, um, but doesn't have the, the, the capabilities today, uh, you know, to affect that. Um, you know, and, and when I, you know, getting back to the question around data science, you know, for us, you know, the future of data science is pushing the talent out to the edges, uh, edges of the organization, uh, you know, bring them closer to the application, uh, you know, and really making sure that intuition, uh, you know, about, 
you know, you know, you know, you know, customer experiences, uh, you know, where customers see value in the brand, uh, you know, where uh, they're, you know, where they might be frustrated. You know, that really is the is the headline. Uh, and then, you know, data and data science and, 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 and you, know, uh, you know, analytics and machine learning, you know, is this sort of, you know, very, very close, you know, supporting uh, vector, but, you know, again, is a supporting vector. So now, I mean, you could have all this data right now, and you've talked about this on LinkedIn in the past. You know, you could have the greatest data in the world and the greatest infrastructure, and you could have all of this, but if you're not using that data correctly, right, it, it's pretty much for nothing. So. Mm-hmm. My question is, you know, what, where do you see people kind of go wrong with the data? How, how are they misusing the data or not using it enough? Yeah, look, I, when we sort of think about these problems, there, there are two camps. Um, you know, the, first, the, first, the first thing that I think is, is really, it's a subtle point that, that people don't get unless you're operational. Um, you know, it's just how hard it is to actually use data. Um, you know, you look at, at, at large brands, large enterprises, you know, and, and they'll be spending, you know, 10, 20, 30 million dollars a year, you know, 100 million dollars a year on their data infrastructure and their data. Team. Um, you know, yet within the same four walls of that business, you might go to, uh, you know, someone who runs, um, you know, a, a customer marketing team and ask them, you know, how are you able to leverage your data? Uh, and it's just like you're know, moving heaven and earth, um, you know, to add new data fields into their marketing system as, as, as a really tactical example. You know, so so really the first part of your you know, the first answer to your question is is data's got to be easy. Um, you know, there has to be fluidity uh, between the assets that the business has from a data perspective uh, and the capabilities for the business stakeholders to use them. Uh, you know, because guess what, something is hard, people aren't going to do. Uh, you know, that's just a, a, an act of of uh, you know, of human nature, and and you know, it's certainly not exempt from uh, you know how anyone does their jobs. Uh, so that's number one. Uh, and the second thing is look like. You, know, you, you need to make sure that you know this, your strategy, um, you know, and your, uh, you know, your your technical capabilities can support a next generation of, of personalization. They can su- support uh, you know speaking to the customer, uh, you, know, you know, to where where, where they might uh, you know they, they might be today. Uh, you know, it needs to support um, you know, the ability to break down customers across personas uh, and segments, uh, and really understand what the different buying reasons are. Uh, and what the different shopping uh, modes might be, um, you know, and then assimilate that into a single place, which isn't just about building charts and graphs to be like, hey, we have Janes and Bobs and Marys, uh, right. but instead, actually, now we're going to pull our marketing strategy against Jams and Bobs and Marys, uh, you know, that really, uh, you know, is in direct response to, um, you know, how, the, how, how those different customers uh, actually orient the business. So then, now, you mentioned it's difficult, let's say, for marketers to get some of those fields in and to act, to get the correct data, right? So now at your current organization, you, that's where your focus is, marketers, right? So let's, let's, what I'd like to know is what is your advice for marketers, right, when it comes to data and, and strategy? I mean, look, first thing, uh, you know, make sure that you have, um, you know, a, a strong team, um, you know, or minimally um, uh, you know, a, an individual on your marketing team who has very strong data counts. Um, you know, this doesn't need to be a data scientist, uh, but it needs to be someone, uh, first and foremost, uh, you know, who's very strong in Excel. Um, yeah, you know, it should be someone who, uh, you know, really gets the data behind a lot of the standard marketing paradigms, uh, you know, attribution, um, you know, and, and general marketing analytics. Uh, and you really must, must start there. Um, yeah, you know, and, 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 and with that, it's about, 
uh, you know, just making sure, uh, you know, and once that sort of expertise is in-house, uh, you know, you then need to think about the culture. Um, you know, how do you really transform, uh, you know, a marketing organization that might be very focused on brand, uh, might be very cookie cutter uh, when it comes to messaging, um, you know, to be, uh, you know, to be one-to-one, to be personalized, um, you know, to really think in a way that uh, is not one size fits all. Um, you know, and, and, you know, I, I think, you know, you know, you know, when you look at sort of the, the people in the process, uh, you know, sides, sides, sides of things, I mean, those are sort of, you know, two, two, two points in that bucket. And then of course, in the system side, you know, you, you, you know, our platform is designed to really, uh, you know, provide a conduit, you know, from, uh, you know, data assets, uh, you know, across the entire business, uh, you know, into, um, you know, in, into marketing analysts, uh, and really into anyone else. Uh, you know, who needs to you know, operationalize customer segments, target customer segments, and, and drive dynamic personalization across multiple channels. Do you find sometimes, because I know we find this, we deal with a lot of marketers, and sometimes they don't even know like what's driving you know, users to their site or, you know, like the content or do you know what I mean? Like how users are even coming, like they don't, their, their knowledge, like you said, they're just focused on brand. Like I need to get my brand out there or I have my conversion, whatever that is, you know, it's sales or it's whatever traffic or new user acquisition or whatever, but they don't really understand how it's coming in. Right. I mean, look, like at the end of the day, uh, I think, you know, for, for any brand that, you know, is sort of on a trajectory for, you know, you know modernizing and digitizing, mm-hmm. um, you know, even if folks don't get it today, you know, those same enterprises have a data strategy, uh, right. you know, and they have marketing goals around being more personalized. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I think the challenge is, you know, if you, if you aren't operational, um, you know, it can feel very abstract. Uh, you know, at, at Simon, we have, you know, one of, we're a values-driven organization, and one of our values is something we call build strategically. Uh, and what does this mean? Yes, like we have a five-year strategy. You know, I'm tremendously excited about the disruption we can affect. Uh, you know, yet at the end of the day, you know, we need to learn by doing. Uh, you know, that includes us internally, and then also includes how we think about uh, you know, enabling our customers uh, to drive outcomes. Once you see the data in front of you, once you can break down the acquisition sources uh, and look at how that relates back uh, you know, to lifetime value, uh, as a simple example. Uh, and then once you can then go and, do, and, and, and deploy, uh, you know, incremental, you know, you know efforts against uh, those behaviors and those actions, you know, it really starts you thinking in a different way. Uh, you know, you know, you know, you know, you know, when you ask, you know, why did this, uh, you know, email as an example perform so well against this, you know, customer segment? Well, right. you know, if you have strong data, uh, you know, you know, you know, to to report on that, uh, it's a game changer. Um, if you can ask a question, how might you know this other segment? you know, you respond to this kind of messaging, um, you know, you know, and once you have those conversations internally, and then if you can actually deploy that tomorrow, you know, it changes the conversation. Um, you know, if you start asking, you know, hey, what if we, you know, you know try, you know, do two different types of messaging across these three different types of segments, uh, and by end of week, you can deploy a test, and then next week, get the results. Again, it changes the conversation. So it's really about learning by doing, and, um, you know, ultimately, um, you know, and this is, I think, the challenge with putting data science in a back office. It ultimately is a reporting function. Um, you know, it, you know, but when it's in, uh, you know, when it's operationalized, suddenly it's a doing function. Um, and you can start, uh, you know, you can start learning a lot more fast. And I think to Nicholas point earlier, you know, it's, there's part of that that's testing. You find something that works. How does it work against other segments or will it work against other segments? Maybe from the data, you know, it may or may not, you know, have, you know, so I think the testing becomes super important in there. Yeah. A hundred percent. And, and, and look, you know, it, you know, the, the, 
think one of the one of the challenges with with data as a function is it's it's historically regressive. What's back in time? Mm-hmm. Right. You know what what is marketing about? Yeah, you know, or what yeah. is business about? It's not looking forward. You know, yeah. like you know, yes, like this happened last year, but you know what you really mm-hmm. care about is next year. You know, we're using that as a model to go right. forward. And by the way, it's not because modeling was going to happen, but how do we influence what's going to happen? Right. Um, yeah. Yeah, and, and and what's interesting is too, you know, it's it's. You know, it's interesting because you can't always take into, you know, as you look at it, it's it's forward looking, right? It's future looking. Things happen. You know, we didn't expect 2020 to happen the way 2020 happened. You know, it's changed a lot of things for people. So, you know, things happen along that way. So sometimes history may not always necessarily be the best predictor, you know, in all cases. So, you know, there's the flexibility in in what you're doing as a as a marketer, let's say, or your business strategy. I mean, look, yeah, you know, really. When you begin to brass tax of, of the problems we're solving, you know, the, the first problem we solve is speed. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's it's you know, especially when COVID hit. Um, you know, really the brands that came out of it, uh, you know, and that were successful, the ones were the were the ones that were able to move were, were able to move quickly. Um, you know, if if it takes six months to respond to changes in, in, in customer demand, you know, by the time you actually respond, like especially given twenty twenty, like you know, that customer demand is is, is not it's what gone. it was six months ago. Gone. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And, you know, and it's also, I mean, what's, what's interesting too, you know, you talk about sort of businesses looking forward, it's sort of future proofing your business, right? You got to think about all these possibilities that are out there or where you really want to be in order for how things are gearing up. That's why we see some companies were very successful during, you know, during uh, the pandemic. Right. A hundred percent. Now, we're talking about data, but I want to weave it into something that's kind of top of mind uh, around here, and that's data privacy. You know, when it comes to all of this cybersecurity, which we were just talking about yesterday, and, and you know, being private with your data, I, you know, it's it's no secret that, you know, GDPR is, you know, probably around the corner for us here, too. And, uh, you know, what is it... Um, you know, what are some of these important issues in your opinion that are, are happening right now in regards to data privacy and, you know, the federal regulations and transparency? You know, what, what are you thinking about right now? Yeah, look, I mean, it's, it's there are really two sides of this coin. Uh, the first side, you sort of, you know, talked about both of them, but you know, the, the first side of the coin is, 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 is the regulatory environment, uh, you know, GDPR, you know, CCPA and you know, look, like from that perspective, mechanically, you know, you know, you know, you know, you know, you know we do our best and our platform is, is 100% compliant and, you know, making sure that our customers can be uh, you know, fully compliant with the latest regulation. And, you know, it's very important that brands are able to affect this. Um, you know, I know that there were, you know, some European brands are actually just shut down. They're like, this is too hard. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, which, um, you know, which really just shows that, uh, you know, if, if you're not you know, modernizing you know, the way you do things, it can, you know, really sort of set you back materially. Um, you know, but the second part, which is, 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 is much trickier, is just thinking about the evolving, you know, consumer expectations. You know, we talked about digitization, you know, at the top of, of the show or of the episode, um, you know, and, and there's an expectation that, you know, if consumers, you know, engage in a digitized experience, you know, you know there'll be some you know, level of measurement. You know, now from a brand's perspective, that needs to be used in a way that drives value to the customer, mm-hmm. uh, not, and not abused in a way that it feels as if it's invading the customer's privacy. Um, you know, and, you know, it's really critical, you know, that, you know, that, that as a marketing function, as a brand, um, you know, they're able to really establish the line between, you know, where are you adding value, you know, versus where is just, where is this over the line? You know, and really just establish that, you know, and really make sure that, you know, as they go, they learn, they listen to the customer, 
um, you know, and, and just use respectful uh, at all times. Brian, is there anything else you want to talk about in terms of GDPR? I know this is always a fun topic. I, I mean, I guess, you know, it's, it's you know, and I, and I agree with you, you know, Jason, on that. Um, I, I think here's the thing. How do you, if users are saying don't measure the data, right? Like don't measure my data. How, or is there going to be some piece where you're going to be able to sort of measure the anonymous piece because you're not really tracking them? Does that make sense? Yeah, I mean, well, there are a couple of things. The first, just to state, this is to state the obvious in case anyone listening is, 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 is unclear. If, you know, with GDPR, it gives users the right, you know, to be forgotten. Right. Um, you know, so, um, you know, you know, if, uh, if a user, uh, you know, requests us for a brand, you know, from our perspective, we'll delete, you know, remove all their data from our platform. So there's nothing on the customer anymore. Exactly. Uh, now the question is, how do we think about users who, you know, who haven't exercised that right? Uh, right. Or users who are anonymous that actually don't have that right. You know, the right only exists for customers who have a degree of PII. Um, you know, and, and the answer is, look, like, uh, you, know, you know, the first thing is, you know, anonymous data can still be collected under GDPR. So for your web analytics and product analytics, you know, you know even if, you know, Brian and Nicolette, you guys just say, hey, don't mm-hmm. track me at all. You know, it's still fine to track you as a counter. How many people came to my website yesterday right. or my conversion rate? You okay. know, that's all covered. Pages, um, things like that, or abandons and stuff like that. Exactly. Now, um, you know, and then the question is for, you know, if you guys hadn't opted out, you know, still, you know, that doesn't imply that under GDPR, brands should be aggressive in, in, in targeting you in creepy ways, right? And that's sort of where. <laughs> right. uh, yeah, because <that's> <laughs> <laughs> I think a lot of people have questions about that. I, I really do, you know, because, they're, you know, you saw everyone implementing like the cookies and the privacy right out of the gate before users even registered, you know, so I think people have a lot of questions about that. Um, yeah, no, I mean, it's, you know, I, I think, look, uh, you know, we saw adoption rates of GDPR was higher than we would have expected. Uh, I think CCPA believed that it was a little bit lower than, than we had forecasted, um, you know, but, um, you know, you know but, but at the end of the day, I mean, the, the third party, uh, you know, changes, I think, I mean, I, third-party cookie changes, you know, we're instituted by Google primarily, right. um, you know, and they're self-serving. Um, I think they'll just give, at the end of the day, Facebook and Google a lot more leverage and put a lot more pain uh, around, um, you know, the, um, you know, the broader ad network uh, and ad ecosystem, um, mm-hmm. you know, you know, which, you know, you know, to, you know, to Facebook and Google's credit, there's, you know, they have such a dominant presence. You know, there are so many players in that ecosystem because had to do sketchy things to survive, uh, and that you know, and that sort of became you know more of a standard than an exception. Um, you know, and I think it sort of you know, gave them a bit of a scare to match in terms of just tarnishing the value of ads on the web generally. Uh, you know, and then for they also saw you know more strategic um, points of, of leverage to uh, affect those changes. Well, thank you. Thank you for sharing that, Jason. And, uh, you know, I would love for you to leave us off with uh, kind of where we can learn more about you, where we can learn more about Simon Data, you know, anything you're working on that you want to share with the audience, we'd love to hear. Yeah. Um, you know, so to learn more about Simon Data, um, you can just go to our website at simondata.com or email us at hello at Simon Data. Um, you know, you know, you know, and that's, you know, that, that's how you can learn more about us. Awesome. Thank you, Jason. We appreciate it.